Welcome to the Simplifying Lesson Planning and Programs mini training. There is a PDF that goes right along with this lesson, and it's all about simplifying your lesson planning. So let's go ahead and get started. The first thing I want to talk about is to go through all of your materials. Okay. You probably have so many teaching resources and materials available to you. And so how do you know what to use when? The first thing I want to talk about is go through any old textbooks you have. Yes, I mean it. There might be textbooks that are 10 years old and that might be all you have. That was my beginning. All I had were some old textbooks that were really old, you guys. And I went through them and I really picked out the songs in there that um, I could use with my students. Because here's the thing, there's not a lot of reinventing the wheel when it comes to music. Most of the music we teach our elementary music students is folk songs. And so what you're gonna see in an old textbook versus a brand new resource, you're gonna see similar resources and songs, you're gonna see similar songs, I mean, in these resources that you can use with your students. So, if all you have are old textbooks, the songs you're gonna see inside of these old textbooks, you can still use them with your students. I would suggest not going cover to cover, you know, page to page by page by page. That's the old way of teaching elementary music. But go through the books and really pull out the songs that you know your students would really benefit from learning. Because your classroom is your classroom and it will not look like anyone else's. Your group of students looks different than everyone else's as well. Then go through any other resources you have as well. And this is what I've done. Um, even when I created my curriculum map and I'm creating the lesson plans that you're going to find each month in the Harmony calendar, the lesson plan packs, is I go through all the resources I have. And what I do is look at the objectives you need to teach for each nine weeks, then look through the resources you have and pick lessons that will teach those objectives well. Okay, and vary it up as you go. Vary up how many instrument activities you're doing versus how many movement activities and vary up the songs you're doing as well. Now, how do you get overwhelmed with all the resources you have? That is what I'm encouraging you to do. Don't just go cover to cover of each resource you have. Look through them and look at the, um, the songs and lessons in the resources and materials you have and go from there. Keep a running list. There's a lesson plan tracker inside of the Harmony Hub that you can keep track of all the lessons and songs that you want to teach to your students. And then you can even put what resource it, what resource it comes from so you're able to find that song and put what nine weeks you want to teach it in. So don't get overwhelmed by resources. I know that every training and workshop you go to, there are so many resources available. You you feel like you need to purchase everything because you feel like, oh, well, this teacher has this folk song book, so I need to get this folk song book, but it's totally not true. There are so many amazing resources out there and there's just new ones coming out every year. But like I said, focus on what you have first. What resources do you have to teach your students right now that's available and handy to you and handy for you to use right now? And go with that first. Go through them. Just take extra time, maybe on a weekend 
or a weeknight away from school to go through those resources and really look through the songs and go, ooh, I want to teach that. That would be great to do with third grade. Ooh, I want to do that with fourth and fifth grade and write it down so you know what is in each book or tab it with even sticky notes. Okay, so that's the first thing to do with simplifying lesson planning is go through the resources and materials you have. And then let's talk about planning programs and tie them into your lesson plans. You probably, you may or may not do it this way, but at the end of the school year, before the following school year starts, you are going to plan out your programs, putting them on the school calendar in your own personal calendar so you know when it is as well. What programs you're wanting to do and then you know okay so if third grade is going to be doing this particular program in November for example then the month of November is mainly going to be devoted to working on that program but you also need to still do extra things along with the program as well what I mean by that is don't just simply focus on every time you see your students now you're going to see your students uh, some of you see them once a week, some see them twice a week, some see them once every seven days. It depends on your schedule. But what I like to do when working on a program is I like to work on the program half of the class period and the rest of the class period do something else. You may or may not have noticed by now, but students can't sit still very long, right? I like to say that when you're planning a lesson to base it on the age of the child. So for instance, if you're teaching a class and they're seven years old, then you need to change up what you're doing in your classroom every seven minutes. Doesn't mean a new song every seven minutes. It just means change up the activity or the learning task every seven minutes so they're not just sitting still the whole time. So even that even goes when working on a program with your students. Maybe you have a, a program you're doing and you're wanting to do six songs. So with song number one, you focus on that first, of course. Maybe you've taught them the, the words to the song, and then you teach the song with singing, and that's all you focus that on that for that seven minutes. Then the next seven minutes, you say, we're going to come back to this song next time and add movement or add the instrument parts or whatever your program is. Then the rest of the class period, you're still doing your typical teaching um, rotation of instruments, movement, another song, a music game, but also when they're working on programs, it's a lot of focus. So you need to plan some fun stuff in your lessons, like a game of freeze dance or something along those lines. So the kids are able to get up and move as their um, reward for sitting there and learning the music. And then, so like I said, don't stress out when you see new or, uh, materials and resources at workshops. There's going to be so much out there. But ask around. Ask inside Harmony. What do people use for resources to teach mallet instruments? What do the other teachers use to teach folk dances? Ask inside Harmony. Ask other music teachers you see at workshops. How do I choose new resources to teach lessons? I, but you also don't want to have too many. Think about um, clothing you have. I know for me, for example, you see a bunch of new shirts and you're like, oh my goodness, this website has so many amazing articles of clothing. I want to get it all. Well, then when you get so many items of clothing, it ends up just hanging in your closet because you have too much, right? The same can be said for resources. If you already have two books teaching about rhythm instruments and with several different rhythms in it, you may not need much more than that. 
Don't overwhelm yourself and get so much that you're not teaching from the resources you already have. That's why at the beginning of this training, I told you to go through the resources you have first before you even consider buying anything new. But if you do think you need something new, like let's say, for instance, you're wanting to start doing boom whackers and you want a good boom whacker book, then, like I said, ask other teachers, go even on Amazon and read the reviews of boom whacker books while you're at these trainings. Look through the resources and just look at the songs in there. And maybe you're wanting to do boom whackers in just centers or small groups, or maybe you're wanting to do them as a whole class activity. Think about how you're wanting to use these particular instruments or to teach a certain um, topic or subject or instrument. And then you'll be able to decide what kind of book you want to use to teach that. Um, now let's, gonna, let's, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about organizing your teaching material papers by subject or grade level. Okay, what I mean by this is you're probably going to have a lot you've printed out maybe from teacher paid teacher or good old Google, for instance, and you're going to have a bunch of different, different paper resources and lesson plans just everywhere. What I like to do is have binders and label the binders. For instance, this binder teaches form. And then you're going to have sections for AB form, ABA, ABACA, and what other, whatever other type of form you're going to want to teach. If it's any lesson plans I've printed from various resources, right? Then you're going to put these resources in there by grade level under, so AB form, then you're going to maybe have a section for kindergarten, first and second, or you can even have a song you teach the same song to all the same grade levels. So organize your any printable lesson plans you've printed out into binders and organize it that way by grade level and subject matter. And then you can just keep those on your shelf by your desk in your classroom by the other teaching resources you have as well. When you're planning lessons, look at your calendar. Okay, go through, like I said, all the songs from workshops, your teaching materials or any other curriculum, whether a book or online resources, write down the objectives you want to teach, and then look at the curriculum map and the Harmony Hub to, to help you as well. Then follow the lesson plans either provided each month in Harmony, your own lesson plans, or a combination of the both, and write down the songs that will cover those objectives. Okay, it's as simple as that. Over planning means you won't be able to truly teach well. Now, we talked about keeping a class time moving along and planning enough lessons so your students are able to, um, you know, keep keep the class time moving. But on top of that, you don't want to over plan and have way too much planned so your students feel overwhelmed with learning all the things. Okay, so. If you overplan, you're going to be rushing through the songs because you're trying to cover everything instead of just focusing on the material you know your students will respond to and being able to add more to those songs because you're giving yourself more time. So honestly, less is more. When you look at the lesson plans inside Harmony, you're going to see I maybe have one main song and under that song, I'm adding things to that. I'm not saying teach this on this one, this one, this one, this one, because that's over planning. One main song, then add movement, then add counting rhythms, then add instruments or something along those lines, if that makes sense. So less songs with more content teaching those songs causes less overwhelm. 
Remember, your students won't be learning the same songs as other schools because you're going to be at a school with maybe a different demographic of kids, economic status, your size of your school, your classroom may look different. So the way you're teaching lessons and the songs you're teaching your students, how you choose to do it is up to you. Some music teachers, like I said, can teach more content because they see their students more. Be deliberate about just teaching your students. Comparing yourself to other teachers is so very hard and it's a real thing that happens. But stay in your lane. Ask for advice, of course, but you know your students better than anyone. You know whether they've had music for a long time or whether you're the first music teacher they've seen in years. Or maybe you're following a music teacher who did a great job teaching music, but they just retired and their teaching style was different than yours. So sometimes just getting your students to respond to your teaching style just takes time. But go, go through the strategies we've talked about today with going through your resources before getting new resources, then deciding what do you need, a step-by-step -step breakdown of what objectives do you need to teach, and then picking songs to teach those and getting them on a calendar, getting it organized, organizing the songs from your resources, organize the printable resources you have and putting them in binders. The more organizing you do, the better in simplifying how to do it all. Figuring out what programs, putting that on your calendar, and then realizing what do you need to teach around the program and during the program as well. So even if you move to a new school, you may need to change things up again because you'll have a new set of students with a new school dynamics. Don't lose sight of the big picture. It gets overwhelming with so much music curriculum coming at you each year, right? But remember, the main goal is to just teach music to your students, right? Don't get so overwhelmed by teaching all the objectives that you lose sight of having your students be lifelong music learners. Don't stress so much about covering every single lesson and song you've learned at workshops in your curriculum or that other teachers are doing and just focus on teaching music. Form a relationship with your students. That should come first above anything else because you're going to help them be lifelong musicians and not just checking off objectives to teach. Yes, there are tons of objectives and lessons that are definitely required of you to teach and to cover each day, but you're focusing too much on that. You might be focusing too much on that, and that's where you're going to lose your students and start to have classroom management problems because you're so stressed out about getting through the objectives. If you see something's not working well, stop that lesson and, and spend some time doing something else and sometimes just revisiting a certain lesson that's not working well later on, it goes a lot better later on than it did right then on that day. And try to focus, like I said, on the big picture instead of allowing nagging small issues to rob you of your peace of mind. You're always going to have some behavior problems. You're always going to have lessons that don't go well. No matter how well you think you've planned something, it may not go as well as you in your head pictured it going. And that's okay. Don't let these little issues rob you of your joy because this happens to the best of us. You're going to think lessons are going to go so super well and you're so excited to try it with your students and they're not responding the way you thought they would. Then all you do is go back and reflect. All right, I need to go back to my song list and we're going to take that one off. It did not go well. What could I put in place of there to teach 
form, for instance, and then you put a new song in that spot of the other one, okay? I hope that makes sense, but like I said, if you have any questions moving on from here, please ask in the Facebook group. Please come to a monthly mentorship call and ask questions about this as well. And make sure you download the PDF that goes right along with this video. That'll tr help you tremendously and something that you can just even hang on your wall to help you with remembering how to organize your lessons as you go along the school year. You guys, I had so much fun with this training and I hope you got something from it and I will see you soon.